Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. The next book from PM Power Consulting, Five Tantras of Enterprise Agility, will be out very soon. Check pmpowerconsulting.com to get updates on the release date. This is a special conversation with the author, Paramukuramathur, and the product owner, J. Viraragavan, in conversation with Shivaguru. Welcome to this special episode of the Software People Stories, where we have two guests this time. Paramu and JV. Paramu, who's the author of this upcoming book of Five Tantras of Enterprise Agility, and JV, who has been the inspiration and, in a way, the product owner for this book. Welcome to the show, Paramu and JV. Thank you very much for having us. I have done many podcasts with you, I think, many meaning three or four, I think, so far, right? And I've enjoyed doing all of them. You know, you, you make things interesting by asking different questions, throw in a googly here and there. So I think I've enjoyed doing these podcasts with you, and I think I'll enjoy this also. Yes, me too, Shiv. It's a pleasure talking to you once again on a podcast, and look forward to uh, an interesting session. Yes, but Paramu, this time, I think you have already thrown a lot of questions at the readers, because the book, when I went through, right from the, probably one of the initial draft versions to the way it is turning out, I think you have so much of content there that every time I read, I probably get a lot more questions that uh, I'll probably ask you some of them through this conversation. But the main thing that I wanted to focus on this time is uh, again, the people or the people story aspect from two dimensions. Now one for both of you, this whole experience of you know, writing this book, uh, whether that was also in an agile manner or etc. cetera. Uh, the other one is about let's say the characters or you know, the contents of the book. So first, I'd like to hear from you, Paramu, uh, after writing two books that have been published, how was this experience different? You know, uh, I think writing any book is actually a kind of agile production because you, know, you think of certain things, you add it there, then you go back, then you add something else somewhere else, right? And uh, you, you normally always satisfy the customer, the customer being you yourself or your own conscience, right? Or your own, uh, the muse in you or the creativity in you. You, you. you want to satisfy that, right? Therefore, whatever comes to your mind, now sometimes things come to my mind at night. Then I, I get up at night and send a mail to me. So I don't have a notebook nearby, but I have my, uh, my mobile. So I send a mail to me saying, these ideas are here. So next day I come and put it in there, right? Into the book. So this book also, it was done in a, in a random fashion. I didn't start from the introduction or start from the from chapter one or from the first value. You just put things in as they came along. You, know, you refer to various books, you refer to the internet, and then you put things in, right? And when you put something in one particular chapter, you remember that something else has to be done in some other chapter. Then you go back there and put that in there, right? 
there's always a, a network or a connection between the various chapters. So you make sure that everything is filled in. In fact, I remember with the other book, my novel, I remember the publisher asking me or telling me that, oh, here is some, one particular thread you started in the second chapter. You have not actually closed that thread by the end of the book. So there are so many little things that, you know, that happened that you had remembered to do. And sometimes the closing of the thread is done much later. Or you introduce a character, how do you make sure that that, that character is useful somewhere? So you don't want to introduce characters who don't appear anywhere else later. Even though this book, there are some characters like that. But, but in a novel, you don't want to do that. Yes, the book was certainly written in a, in, a, in a kind of very agile fashion. How is it for you, JV, being a product owner with a lot of these things evolving as they you know, went along? From my perspective, I think uh, I wasn't clear about how, was, how the book was going to look like at the end, right? At the beginning, there was a broad manifesto that we had, enterprise agility manifesto that we had in our mind. So we had the five values. That was the only thing that we were clear about. So you may in some sense say we were clear about the epics, the top five epics. But what was actually going to go inside each one of them, a lot of clarity was missing in some of them. For example, we did not know what we were going to talk about in lean thinking when we started, right? Uh, some areas were fairly clear. So, you know, we kind of attacked them in the beginning. Self-organization was, you know, we were very clear about what we wanted to say. So we, we actually started with that and, you know, did a, quite a bit of work there. And some things emerged even there. For example, mindfulness as a theme emerged in self-organization, you know, somewhere down the line. So we could add that uh, thing later. Uh, but, but aspects like experimentation and learning, lean thinking, there was much less clarity in terms of what we wanted to do. And many of these actually emerged, uh, you know, only later in the game. So in that sense, uh, uh, you know, value got added to the book uh, in, in some sense in an agile way. Second thing is there's a lot of iteration that was you know, involved. We were, we were not uh, getting everything right uh, the way that we wanted it. So we would actually do something and then you know, go over it again and then add more value there where we felt that you know, value was missing, the clarity was missing, you know, examples were less than what we wanted. So I think uh, you know, not only a lot of back and forth, but incremental value that God added in each one of those you know, five, you, know, you may call it sub books, uh, made it a lot more you can say agile kind of effort and, and quite very satisfying in some way because when we started we weren't sure about what the final product was going to look like the final product that we actually see today is something that i feel you know very happy about compared to what what i expected in the beginning and, and Shiv, uh, one manifestation of, of the fact that we worked in an agile fashion is, is, is actually if you took the the last uh, value lean thinking that JV talked about, how it was you know just totally new, that chapter had the maximum number of repetitions, right, from the other chapters, right? Because we're just trying to fill things in. Only over time did that chapter become unique in itself. Many a time, you know, you you found that whatever we are saying here uh, was already said before in some other some other value, right? So. It took a lot of time for it to iterate into into this uh, into what it is now. Very interesting. I think now I'm curious about all the notes that you might have made that didn't make it to the book. That will in itself probably be another book or a backstory for the book that will be very interesting reading. But then one question that was mm -hmm. triggered by what you said, JV, about the mm -hmm. five values that you had. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose to call the book five tantras? 
enterprise agility yeah i will i will probably let parmu share his perspective but uh, five values uh, was the first title that we had in mind you know five values of enterprise agility but then um, the way the book has been written the way we have approached the book through uh, fables and bringing out value you know through the use of fables uh, like the panchatantras as as the as the kind of inspiration behind the whole thing we actually said instead of calling it values tantras maybe a no, five tantras maybe a more appropriate title maybe paramo can throw a little more light on you know considering the fact that he was the uh, brain behind the way we actually approached the book previous book was based on the mahabharata right and the whole whole story was kind of woven around krishna and arjuna in this particular book i wanted to use some other uh, setting and therefore i thought that the best setting would be uh, using fables from the panchatantra to uh, to talk about the the values and the morals okay of each each uh, each value i decided yeah panchatantra is a good approach to do this and then i found that coincidentally the enterprise agility manifesto actually talks of five values and, and panchatantra talks of five treatises or five books right therefore i uh, kind of connected a value to a tantra and then called it the five tantras right therefore the tantra and uh, the value got a one to one correspondence because of this and the book is organized in 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 in, in five treatises or five books yeah can you explain that a little more it sounds like inception books within books what are these books and um, i know that you also refer to some amber signals and all that so how is the book structured so if you take the bible each each chapter is called a book genesis is a book exodus is a book right so i i also call each of these sections as books right those things can be actually read in itself on its own right Uh, without having any reference to the others so they are all fairly uh, self contained uh, entities as, as as they are right therefore so each the whole book is divided into these five books and each of these books is then divided into five chapters and these chapters talk about how do you get to uh, this agile internalization of this value what is the culture and mindset needed to reach there what is the kind of leadership role people have and what kind of tools and techniques do you need for this there are five areas that we look at for each book that's where the book is structured so jv as a product owner when you had the structure of uh, you know books and then these five underlying amber signals or related to that and all that was it becoming a little rigid for you to narrate something or explain something or was that something that flowed more like uh, one step after the other uh, see if i can just interrupt here for a minute see within a book these five chapters these five chapters were actually jv's uh, decision so he is the one who suggested these five chapters so we followed that to to a t for all the books okay also uh, continuing on uh, the, you know what paramu mentioned about the structure of the book see basically uh, even though you know i i kind of recommended a particular structure the idea was around uh, you know for different aspects of each value that we want to cover for example uh, what do you need to do to get a value kind of implemented in an organization so you know getting started that's that's what we called it and what we needed to do to get it done then we said we need to look at the cultural elements that are required Uh, we said we also need to look at what kind of an organization is required 
for example, the, 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 the overall structure within the organization, the kind of roles that you require, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then we also said leadership, executive leadership is an important element of implementing any value in an organization, internalizing any value in an organization. So we said, now what's the executive leadership needed? And we also said that we need the you know, uh, tools and processes and you know, the ecosystem that you require for you know, implementing any of these values. So we actually looked at these five different values and one of the things that came out was uh, typically what kind of challenges organizations face when implementing this and, and how do they overcome the challenge. So the amber signals came out of that. They said typically organizations go through certain you know, bottlenecks or issues along the way and they find a way to overcome that. And if there is a way we can actually bring it out and, and warn organizations, you know, they would actually see that as something that in some sense, it's like you know, we are helping them with you know, proactive, you can call it risk management in some way. These are the amber signals to watch out for. And so you know, if you think about this, when you start implementing something, you'll probably avoid some of the, the, the issues that many organizations face. So your path to agility may be smoother and much quicker. That's, that's how we actually came out with this concept of amber signals. And you know, even though initially we had amber signals at an individual you know, you may call it subsection or chapter level. Uh, we said that we should summarize it at a book level because there is a integrated element about some of these amber signals. It's not like they are you know, standalone. They kind of you know, run across different dimensions of implementing a value. So we said we need to put the amber signals together for each book. That made a much better sense. And we also wanted to make sure that we gave recommendations to the, the readers and, and the people who actually are likely to you know, take this book as, a, as an input for them to implement Agile in their organization. So, so I think that's how this whole thing evolved. Um, and it was very interesting because it, it didn't, again, this is another way of you know, doing it in an Agile way. We said we started in a certain way and then we actually you know, kind of grouped things together so that it, it, it was a much better presentation and appealed to the reader much better. Yeah, that's nice. In all these lean startups, you talk about pivoting and then trying to keep the goal the same, but look at a different approach of organizing. But this uh, structure seems to be fairly well thought out. That is, you have these you know, five books and then the chapters underneath, the amber signals and all that. So from a reader's perspective, how do you suggest that one can A, read the book and B, use the book, let's say, as and when needed? Maybe I'll, I'll attempt first, maybe you know, Paramu can add his perspective. So. I think the great thing about the way I feel the book is written is that, uh, uh, you know, necessarily, I mean, even though I, I still believe that if you read it from beginning to end, you get the maximum value. Uh, I personally don't believe that you need to do that uh, because each book in some sense is independent. I can actually take self-organization and read it and get some significant value out of that. Right. Uh, even though there is some context mentioned here and there. So uh, they, they may probably not understand the context, but essence of the value and the way to go about it, all of that comes out as you know, in some sense in an independent way. The other, other useful thing is the amber signals are also presented at the end of each uh, you know, book. So if somebody wants to use a reference uh, when they are implementing some you know, value, for example, transformation leadership or whatever, they can actually look at the amber signals, you know, uh, top 15 or 20 things to watch out for when they look at you know, implementing transformation leadership in the organization. So you can look at Amber Signals as, as a reference guide for you when you implement. Same way in the epilogue, we have actually summarized the whole book uh, in terms of all the, you know, uh, what you need to do and what you need to avoid kind of stuff. 
at the end. So that's another thing that people will use as a good reference. Uh, but but when you read the book from top to you know from the first to the end, uh, the, the feeling is very different. So obviously you know if if there is a possibility, I would strongly recommend they read it that way. And it, it's not even though it's uh, it's it's the subject is not very light. Uh, the way it's been written is so light that uh, you know, if somebody wants to read it even at a stretch over four or five, six hours, they, they should be able to get uh, substantial value and feel you know, captivating to read in some way. Yeah, I agree, JV. I think, in fact, one of our uh, guests also who read it had the same thing, that it's not light content, but it is light reading. Yeah, Parma, what would you recommend? You know, our colleague Shivakumar, he told me that he was reading the book back to front, right? So he's reading the last chapter first, then the second last chapter, etc. back to front. And he was getting a fairly decent understanding of what is going on, right? Because the last chapter or the last section is on, on remote working in, 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 in the pandemic times, right? And the, the next is the epilogue, which talks of the, which gives a gentle, broad understanding of the whole book. As JV said, you know, uh, you, you know the, the story, Alice in Wonderland, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, King tells a white rabbit. White rabbit asks the king, Your Majesty, where should I start? So the king says, Start at the beginning, go on till you reach the end, and then stop. Right? Now, similarly, this book, at the first level, you can just read it from the beginning to the end, get a general picture of what is going on. And then you can go back to these different sections as you want. For example, in your agile implementation, you are, you are, you are actually grappling with the area of leadership. You can go to that area, transformation leadership, and look at that. Or if you're grappling with the idea of how to organize yourselves, then you can go into self-organization. Right? So all these chapters, as we both said before, are kind of independent. right? So you can actually, in my mind, you can actually read the whole thing once and then use it and go to different sections for reference as and when you want. Yeah, thanks. I guess this is also a sampler of how fables have been woven in. I like the, you know, the white rabbit story. Which of the five tantras or values is your favorite? Maybe JV can go first. I think uh, you know, one that I, I enjoyed uh, working on with Paramu and you know, when I went, went through it again and again, the one that I enjoyed the most was the one around self-organization. Uh, two reasons. One, I think it's come out really well. Uh, uh, with, with our own very rich experience in coaching you know, at a product program level, program team level, this comes out very strongly. I think you know we have we've got uh, a very rich experience in PM Power of actually enabling self-organization in many many organizations, uh, and that actually that experience actually comes out. Uh, second thing that uh, we have covered is there are very you know new perspectives, you know, especially such as those relating to mindfulness, for example, right? Which you normally don't find in books on self-organization, but you know, we have actually felt that mindfulness is an extremely important theme when we talk about self-organization in a, in a setup. So we, we believe that adds great value to our readers. But having said that, uh, I mean, the other area that you know, gave me a lot of satisfaction was uh, lean thinking because uh, initially it was, it was a struggle. We were not sure how we were actually going to do it. But when we actually were able to get a lot of you know, good perspectives and talk about issues of productivity, the way productivity is measured in organizations, and, and come out with a lot of principles and experiences uh, in terms of how to improve the flow of work. Uh, that anyway, you know, contributes to improving productivity. I think it felt a lot of, you know, I felt a great sense of satisfaction in doing that. And 
and we were able to share some perspectives and experiences from the open source communities. Uh, you know, that was also another useful theme when we talked about lean uh, you know, principles, et cetera, et cetera. So I think uh, you know, self-organization first and probably you know, lean thinking after that. What about yours, Parmo? My favorite era is also, or the favorite tantra is also self-organization. Because for one thing, that's the, uh, the area I spent maximum time writing. And that is also the, 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 the largest in terms of uh, number of words, right? So there's a lot of stuff put in there. In fact, the, the section on uh, culture and mindset right, has, has two, uh, two distinct subsections. One, as JV said, is on mindfulness. So that whole area of mindfulness, something which we added uh, as a kind of bonus for, for people. Right? This area of mindfulness has been vetted by our, uh, our expert, Shweshar Hegde. Right? So he went through that and made sure it's all correct. Right? So we've got mindfulness there. And the other thing that I like, so it's, it's a good area for me to actually understand right, before writing it. Right? So it gave me a perspective on that also. At the same time, I find that uh, self-organization is the, is the rule of nature. Uh, our body is itself made uh, by self-organization. So from the, from the one cell to becoming four cells, two cells, two cells, four cells, etc. Right? And then uh, becoming a whole human being. It's actually done through self-organization. You know? So it's, uh, it's based on chemical gradients and, and also how the, the neighboring uh, cells behave. Uh, so human beings themselves and other animals are all made through self-organization. And even at a higher level, you find that you know, birds swarming, right? skylarks swarming, thousands of birds flying in, in a, together right? as if you know, somebody is directing them. Nobody is directing them. They all do it on their own. Right? It's all based on local decisions. So self-organization that way brings together not only ideas from the natural world, it also brings together ideas from the, from the, from the social world. And also, you know, human beings actually self-organize around certain goals, right? So it brings in at the social level. Then also, as you said, it also brings in at the spiritual level, you know, things like mindfulness and other things. Therefore, for me, I, I like writing about self-organization because it gave me it gave me different perspectives on, on, on these different areas. As you were describing, Paramu, I could uh, graphically visualize a time when probably with the help of AI, words or maybe letters organizing themselves into words and words into sentences and maybe books. How far away do you I, think it is? <laughs> I think I think it's possible. In fact, there are some. Already, I forgot the name of that uh, that uh, program or that system. Okay, the, I think somebody is actually fed in some some uh, I don't know one hundred thousand or hundred million or whatever inputs about uh, plots and things like that, and it kind of turns out stories. Right? So I think uh, that the day is not far away when even for creative things, <laughs> even human beings may not be needed. Right? The only creative thing we are doing is to create these programs. And I suppose after some time, even that will be taken over by these programs themselves. Yeah, but one thing I want to tell our listeners is that this book, The Five Tantras of Enterprise Agility, has been completely handcrafted, so to say. Right? <laughs> right, right. I want to tell you again, JV and Shiv, that if you want to write a book, write it now. Because in 20 years, 30 years, we'll all be dead. And by then... Uh, AI would have taken over writing of books and who knows, maybe after 100 years from now, maybe there'll be no more authors. It'll all be programs, right? It'll all be systems writing books. 
for people's entertainment right therefore putting a name to a book may no longer no longer exist isbn numbers may no longer exist i will write it now so that you can finally leave your name on, on a book interesting interesting thought yeah so coming to that so far uh, we've been talking about the story of the book and let's talk about story of people who influenced the book or uh, in other words which is the character that you found most difficult writing parmo okay the, the character i found most difficult to write was chitra you know the cto i, I made her a taciturn person right mainly because in my book i think uh, the, the most challenging task i faced was writing a chapter on on technical skills uh, and uh, and the tools etc that is uh, writing a chapter on that was the most challenging part i found many a time none of these tools or processes are actually matured enough right there's not enough enough things in literature to actually fall back on to figure out what kind of tools and techniques and processes are being used for self organization for example or for uh, execute or for uh, transformation leadership so so that was the most difficult thing i i i you know i i found i found to to actually write and therefore the the character who was actually molding those uh, concepts was the most difficult to actually write about so yeah chitra was the most difficult character jb for you which was your most favorite character um i think uh, i would go with sudarshana the the ceo of the organization uh, she came comes across as a very uh, balanced uh, thoughtful leader who is able to inspire the leadership team see basically she joins the organization you know just a few months now when we when we talk about the book she is actually taking over from an authoritative leader who actually started the agile journey and they were not really you know progressing as well as they would have ideally liked to so she joins the organization in a, you know, at a very challenging time and within a few months she is able to get the support of the entire leadership team and and transform their thinking and and the way you know they wanted to achieve the, the whole whole vision right so she is able to get uh, inspire her vision uh, into the leadership team and get them you know kind of aligned to it and and moving for that so in in that sense uh, i would actually uh, you know classify her as a transformational leader and we talk about transformational leadership in the book and and in some sense she is an embodiment of uh, you know a great transformational leader and and that's that's one of the things that i i know i i found very very good from a character perspective actually i think we will probably go on and on talking about the book but i think it is better for leaders or everyone to start reading the book but having read that we already mentioned that it's going to be fairly you know light reading of a heavy subject what resources do you have in mind for someone who has finished reading the book and wants to get started quickly the obviously the book itself has a lot of useful practical inputs that uh, people can use right away after reading the book uh, the amber signals is an excellent example uh, the epilogue presents uh, a good summary of you know what to do what to avoid those kinds of things uh, so all those are very practical inputs that they can you know, start implementing immediately uh, but there is a host of other things that we are looking at also from uh, you know keeping our readers engaged you know uh, we want to actually uh, use our website to to post a lot of interesting challenges and applications of many of the values that we talk about in the book and and you know help the readers uh, you know go through them and, and apply 
those values to different situations that we are you know, hoping to, to be able to communicate through our website. So we would, we would urge our readers to keep visiting our website on an ongoing, you know, on a continuous basis over the next several weeks to months. So they will get real value for uh, reading the book and you know, being able to apply them to their own context. And of course, there is also a thought about a follow-up book in terms of you know, expanding on the framework that we are talking about, you know, you know, getting a more practical, uh, down-to-earth, how to implement stuff kind of stuff with tools, techniques, you know, dimensions and metrics and so on and so forth. Uh, getting down to the, the nuts and bolts. I think that's another thing that we are you know, thinking about seriously as a follow-up to this book. Uh, I, I think you know we have we have a lot of ideas to keep our readers engaged over the next uh, at least one to two years to to make sure that they get the best value out of working with uh, you know, uh, PM Power in this way. That's very nice to hear. And Paramo, I think you also were mentioning about some challenge of a self-assessment and in a fun way. See, I think David touched on this. Some of the things that we are going to try to put up on our website are, are, are things like. Uh, you know, as David said, some some challenges, some challenge of the week, and things like that. But another thing that we also think of putting up is some kind of uh, uh, assessment that people can take when they come to our website. Uh, a, a, a person can answer ten questions and figure out where they're standing on their agile internalization. It's a very simple, very simple questionnaire. Just say you agree or do not agree with. 10 questions and then you you post it and then you get a a, a link where it will give you a report right saying where you stand on your agile uh, implementation so i think that's a fairly uh, good uh, uh, follow up tool for this book remember the first book uh, the the book on the project management was based on a, on a framework right now based on the book we want to create a framework and then based on that maybe write another book which will be a more practical uh, tool in, in a person's hand to actually implement and stay agile. Yeah, I have only one option to respond to all this that you said to say that I agree. You actually left out one important thing that both of you have been contributing to you know, blogs and chows or the challenges of the week, which also have some of these themes discussed earlier. And I'm sure that you're going to continue doing that. And uh, yeah. with that, I think we are just about time for this episode. I'm sure that we can have more conversations once the book is out and we have more readers also who may want to share their experiences, ideas and all that. And uh, all the best for your book. And I'm sure that this is the seed that is going to initiate a lot of knowledge sharing and learning, co-learning related to enterprise agility. Thank you, JV. Thank you, Parmo. Thank you, Shiv. It is great being here and wish you all the best, Shiv. Yep. Thank you, Shiv. Me too. It was a pleasure talking to you. And, and finally, happy reading to all the readers of, of our book. I think that's, that's one thing that I want to wish all our readers. We thank Siddharth for the music and Malavika for promoting the Software People Stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.